They have great identity. They're national brands. You found somebody, haven't you? You wanted your boss. Say it. Oklahoma State's not going to change what we do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What's happening? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Do this? No. No. I got to say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is it because we were bad? Please don't cry like that. Please don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. So it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride. Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked. We kicking this something. We kicking this thing off. Here we go. Live. From the Palace in Piedmont, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 Countdown, brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now, with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Thank you very much, TJ. Countdown time. We're running out of teams, folks. All the way to lucky number seven today. we got a lot of teams to remind you of. Here is what the countdown has looked like so far. Texas Tech was our first team at number 25. They get Oregon in week two. Then we had South Carolina at 24. A lot of praise for Spencer Rattler I'm seeing around there in the fall so far. North Carolina came in at 23 with Drake May under center again. At 22, Jimbo Fisher has brought in Bobby Petrino to run the offense. I wonder how it's going. I wonder, I, I, I need to Google up to see if there's any reports coming out of uh, A&M fall camp to see if Jimbo and Bobby are getting along or not. I don't A&M know, but not to interrupt your, uh, your countdown here, but I started yeah, the Manziel ahead. thing yesterday. I cannot believe how delusional that fan base is, even in a documentary. Just absolutely amazing. I don't disagree, but like, what exactly are you referring to? Um, they think because of that one year... That ha- that's how relevant they are and how much they belong in the SEC and act like they're a powerhouse and that they've gone on since and, like, won four national titles or something. And and been the exact <laughs> same program they were when they were in the Big 12. Right. Yeah. That put us on the map. It showed that we belong everywhere. We lost four or five games a year in the Big 12. <laughs> then we moved to the SEC and we things We had that changed. one good season. <laughs> yeah. Arkansas 21, Kentucky at 20. Ole Miss at 19. I wonder how the Spencer – we didn't check in on the Spencer Sanders-Jackson. TJ, are you writing down all these things we need to check in on? I need you to make some calls today. 
Texas was our 18th ranked team. Then at 17, the national runners up from Fort Worth, TCU came in at 17. Chandler Scoop Morris, their quarterback going into this year. Washington, 16. K-State at 15. Oregon came in at number 14. They're headed to the Big Ten. Notre Dame was our 13th ranked team at 12. Penn State, they could throw a wrench into the Ohio State-Michigan party this year. It's a good squad. We'll see. Sooners at 11, USC 10, Utah 9, and yesterday at 8, Dabo Sweeney's Clemson Tigers at 8. Don Munson joined us on the show to talk about Garrett Riley, now offensive coordinator. Cade Klubnick takes over at quarterback, Clemson at 8, which brings us to today. The number 7-ranked team. In the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is still one of the most impressive, coolest things I've seen in my 12 years in the booth is an entire stadium of, I don't know, 80,000 people, whatever that place seats, doing this in unison for hours on end, it seemed like, TJ. That was a good football game that night, too. And Oklahoma won it, so it was a great trip. I had jury duty that week, TJ. Remember that? Florida State. Florida State comes in at number seven. We know them well. They uh, took on the Sooners in the Cheez-It Bowl last year. It was a great game. Florida State came out on top 35-32. They're coming off a very good year. Ten-win season for the first time in a long time, including an early season win over LSU last season. A late-season victory over their arch-rivals at Florida and Miami. All three losses last year was weird for them. All three losses came consecutively in the middle of the season. They got hit by uh, an injury bug. Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson all got them back-to-back-to-back. But they won their last six games in a row. They have a bunch of returning starters and a tremendous amount of optimism going into this season. I like Florida State a lot going into this year. Uh, Jordan Travis impressed me in the Cheez-It Bowl. He was a better passer than I expected. He's athletic, and I knew that about him, and is certainly dangerous dangerous with his legs. But he had a big arm and was a more precise passer than I was expecting. He's a candidate to be in New York City at the end of the year. This was a high-powered Florida State attack last year, 36 points a game, top 10 in the nation in total offense. They should be really good, maybe even better again this year. Uh, Remember the big wide receiver that torched OU, Johnny Wilson, six foot seven. He's back. Uh, They are a return there. Starting running back as well, Trey Benson. They picked up a key transfer receiver from Michigan State, Keon Coleman. Everybody wanted that guy. Really, the only concern on offense is they got to replace a couple of offensive linemen. But this is a high-powered attack for Mike Norvell on offense. I think they have an excellent quarterback, excellent skill position guys. They're formidable defensively they were scary last year and almost all of them are back jared verse 
First team, all ACC defensive end back. ACC defensive rookie of the year, Patrick Payton, who himself had nine sacks last year. He's back. They picked up some transfers in the middle of that defensive line. They get after the quarterback. I mean, they got two guys flying at you from the ends that are NFL talents. Jared Verse is going to be a very high draft pick. They did lose Jamie Robinson on the back end. They're all ACC safety, but they returned to everybody else in the secondary. I mean, listen, this was a 10-win team a year ago, won their last six. Almost all the key pieces are back. They're a contender for everything. The ACC, the college football playoff, everything the one thing that holds them back and has them at seven instead of the top five is the schedule it's really a three-game schedule but those three games are tough including the season opener sunday night september 3rd lsu in orlando now remember those two teams played a year ago in new orleans florida state won it tj remind me wasn't it a Botched extra point. LSU made a big comeback and then missed yeah. the extra point. Is that right? That seems right. Was it a, a or was it a field goal they missed? It was something. It was a great game. Yeah, it was. It was uh, Kelly's debut, and Florida State beat them. Now they got the rematch this year in Orlando on the opening Sunday night of the season. That'll be fun. Then week four they get Clemson on the road. They've got to play them in Death Valley, and then they got a bunch of winnable games, and then they close out the year at Florida. So it's a three-game season. I mean, that doesn't mean they couldn't trip up, say, I don't know, at Pitt. Uh, I don't. Uh, they get Miami and Tallahassee. I don't know where else they could lose a game. It's hard to find one. But those three games, LSU in Orlando, at Clemson, at Florida, and then remember the ACC championship game, they've changed the ACC this year. It used to be Clemson and Florida State were in the same division, and only one of them could get to the title game. That's no more. They've done away with divisions in the ACC. So we could very well see, and I think we will, a Clemson-Florida State rematch in the conference championship game. So... LSU at Clemson, at Florida, and maybe Clemson again in a championship game. TJ, I think Florida State's really good. I was impressed by Jordan Travis. Johnny Wilson, six foot seven receiver, is a monster. Jared Verse coming off the end for them is one of the best defensive players in America. There is optimism. There is momentum again in the Florida State football program with Mike Norvell. They're recruiting well. They picked up some big-time transfers. This team has a chance. They got a chance to win the ACC. They got a chance to be a college football playoff team. They've got some tough games out there, though, so I don't know. I got them at seven. Too high, too low, or just right? I want to say... Too low. Like, I do think they're really good. I think they're potentially a playoff team. And we'll obviously know by the end of the first month. That's what's scary about it. I mean, if they get those two games in September, 
then going into October, I don't care what people think preseason of Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, some of the others that we know are going to be up there, they should be the top one or two teams in the country in the rankings going into oh, October. Oh, yeah, if they beat LSU a- and Clemson? And then sure. they should be one of the favorites to, to win it all at that point. I don't know if I believe in them enough that they're going to do that. I think if they can get that LSU game and say they slip up to Clemson but then can get that return game against Clemson, they're still potentially a playoff team even if they – drop that team uh, that game in yeah. late September. So yeah. I think that's the best-case scenario for them. Obviously, best case is they get both of those, but I don't know if I can believe in that yet. I agree with you. If they lose one of those two uh, September games but win the rest, yeah. they're still in They're it. still in it, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And if they win both, forget about it. It's up to them then. They either trip up and screw their whole season up somewhere along the way and slip to a, a Duke or Wake Forest or Pitt or whoever it may be, but – Otherwise, they're in the driver's seat for a playoff spot if they survive that October or that September because that will be very impressive if they're able to do that. I can't wait to watch that Florida State-Clemson game. I think Florida State is better than Clemson, slightly. I like their offense a lot better than Clemson's, not knowing what Garrett Riley's going to do for them yet. Both of them have really good defense, but the game is at Clemson. At Clemson, right. So are they enough better to beat them there? I don't know about that. I don't know about they are an intriguing team for a lot of reasons. One is because they're a contender this year. The other is because the Florida State's causing all kinds of waves. They have off the field over the last month or so about wanting to leave the ACC. So 805 this morning, Jeff Colhane, their brand new play by play voice, will join us live. We got a lot of stuff to talk to him about. Florida State at number seven. We'll be back. Big year ahead for the Knowles coming off that Cheez-It Bowl win over the Sooners. They are one of the teams in contention to win it all this year. And we welcome in now the play-by-play voice of the Seminoles. We loved him at West Virginia. We loved him in North Dakota. Now we love him at Florida State, Jeff Colhane. Good morning, Jeff. Colby, my friend, good morning. We are inching closer to uh, the kickoff, and I can't wait. You're that first Toby Rowland scene setter, baby. I can't wait. It's coming soon. You know, I feel like we uh, we have something in common. I feel like we're kind of the bad boys of uh, college football right now. You know, <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas caused this whole mess. Now Florida State's up and ruffling everybody's feathers. So what's going on with you guys over there the last uh, month or so, man? You're making everybody mad at you. Uh, I'm uh, Martin Lawrence. You're Will Smith. I feel like right now. With, uh, with There's never boy. been a worse um, analogy in radio history than that one. Well, so. that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for is bad analogies <laughs> and awful jokes. So I just asked my wife and my, my two young boys. But yeah. It's been an interesting on? month, though, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it has. It really has. Um, you know, we had this, what, uh, as well, um, you know, a decade ago or so when things got a little hairy and then and certainly the news the last, few summers with you guys in Texas and USC and UCLA. And, you know, quite honestly, um, Michael Alford, who Toby, you know, very well. Yeah, sure. He worked here. He knows very well. Yeah, he did. And uh, he's going to do whatever needs to be done to put Florida State athletics in the best position possible to compete for national championships. And that's in all sports, not just football. And what I think we're seeing here locally is, with the new SEC and Big Ten TV deals, 
Um, specifically in the SEC, you're seeing a little bit of a, you know, convergence, I guess, in our own backyard where you've got Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, the Mississippi schools, South Carolina, and to a certain degree, LSU, which is just a six-hour drive down the road from Tallahassee, where you are competing, even though you're not obviously in the SEC, you're competing with these schools on a daily basis and everything. And so the concern is, as you get further and further down the line with this new SEC TV deal, you are uh, millions, tens of, uh, even to hundreds of millions of dollars behind in TV revenue with the new, the new deal. And that's a huge concern. And so, um, you know, it's nothing against the ACC. I, I'm a big fan of Jim Phillips, the commissioner, uh, Toby. He sent me an email when he didn't have to when I got the job here at Florida State. He's a very, very kind man and a great person. There's great people in the league that, that uh, I, I like. Um, but the, the leadership at Florida State is very well connected across the board here on what they are, are hoping to do. And we'll see how this thing continues on in the coming months. I'm still waiting for my email, TJ, from Brett Yormark, apologizing for making me share a baseball booth with Kansas State this year. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, so kudos to you. Um, where, what's your guess? I mean, wh- wh- where is this all going to land? What's your prediction? You know, I, I, it, the big hang-up here is the grants of rights with the ACC TV deal. And when this was signed – you know, a decade ago or so, a little less than a decade ago, it was looked at at the time as a, a great deal because of the stability in a time where, obviously, expansion in college athletics, there, there wasn't any. And so um, now you are, the way the verbiage reads, locked into this thing with your grant of rights through 2036. And I'm sure you guys have talked about that quite a bit with the move from the Big 12 to the SEC. And that's a huge issue. Because not only do you have a $120 million exit fee, um, you potentially owe the ACC all of your marketing dollars, including your TV money, through 2036 unless you can find a loophole or find another way. And so lawyers have been looking at this, not only at Florida State, but at, at six other schools in the league, Clemson, North Carolina, uh, the Virginia schools, Miami, I believe NC State has taken a peek at this. Um, just because, you know, they see it as well. And so that's, that's one of the huge issues here and potential roadblocks to trying to, to make a move. But um, we'll see how it shakes out. And if, I guess if I were to guess about how it could all go down, I'll put it like this. I think Florida State fans at this point, Toby, I think the number one hope would be to, to make it into the SEC and join schools in this region and join Oklahoma and Texas in the SEC. Um, the Big Ten potentially as well is an option, but uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to shake out. We'll have to wait and see. It's very interesting. TJ, can you hit the buttons where it's just me and Jeff talking uh, for a second? Hold on. Hold I need on. to ask him something where everybody else can't hear. <laughs> Got it? All right. I know you're when you're ready. All right. Uh, you took over for a legend there. Oh, yeah. Huge shoes to fill. That's not always easy. How was year one? How, how are the Seminole fans treating you over there? Well, they've been great. They've been great. And, you know, I, you've, you know how that feels as well, obviously, uh, at Oklahoma. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a, a dream come true. 
quite honestly. And a big part of it is, you know, the people and the fans have been so welcoming here when they didn't have to be. Uh, they, they've, they've greeted me and welcomed me in with open arms and treated me like family. And, you know, they've allowed me to be me, which is huge. Um, you know, our, our radio crew, who they've been working with Gene for a long time, William Floyd, a former Florida State uh, star, national champion, won a Super Bowl to 49ers. Uh, can't ask for a better uh, analyst to work with. Sideline reporter Tom Block has been here for a long, long time. He's been fantastic. So, you know, they welcome me in kind of like a, a crazy Uncle Eddie, uh, you know, Christmas vacation reference there, gone for about 10 years and came back and, and felt like we'd been doing games forever. And so the crew's been great. And obviously Gene Deckerhoff is an amazing person. Toby, you know Gene. So many people around the business know Gene. He's still doing the games with the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, and, and still doing a great job. Uh, he has been uh, become a, a fantastic friend of ours. His wife, Ann, and their entire family have been great. Uh, their, their son, Eric, and his wife, Laura, have babysat our sons. Here in town, and um, it truly has been as as you know as change is tough. You know, Gene Deckerhoff called 529 Florida State football games, Toby, <laughs> over 43 years. Um, That's unbelievable. And called and called Florida State basketball longer than that. Um, change is very hard. Uh, you know, we uh, we've been welcoming, and it's made that change uh, as seamless. I think is is you'd like it to be in a tough spot. You probably don't know this, but my my partner here, T.J. Perry, has a rivalry with Gene Deckerhoff. Oh, really? It uh, goes back many years. Uh, T.J. accidentally <laughs> It was an him. accident. This was 20-plus years ago, uh-huh. Jeff. So Tell him what you wasn't did. Recent. Tell him what you did. I called, Just as I called you today to get him on for the countdown, and I accidentally said Deckerhoffer. I don't know why, and he said, young man, I'll have you know it's Deckerhoff. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Toby's never let me live that down, and it was probably 20 years ago, yeah. Bitter, bitter rivalry. Well, if I'm lucky enough to join you guys at the show sometime down the road, if you call me Jeff Paul Hayner, I'll I'll know why. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to imagine there's a lot of uh, excitement, optimism, Going into the season, coming off uh, the 10-win year last year, what is the atmosphere around Tallahassee going into this 2023 campaign? Yeah, Toby, there's a lot of buzz. And uh, I would say you'd have to go back uh, a decade to, you know, even the national championship season of 2013, there was still some question marks and, and some, I wouldn't say uncertainty. There was there was obviously expectations, but Jameis Winston had – you know, hadn't played yet. He was a redshirt freshman. And so you weren't quite sure what you had there. You knew he had a chance to be great. And obviously he was in 13. And then coming back in 14, coming off a national championship season, there was the hope that you could potentially do it again. And uh, Florida State got to the college football playoff that year before being knocked out by Oregon uh, in Pasadena. But th- there is a-, a huge buzz. There's excitement because of, of what Mike Norvell has been able to accomplish after you know, a tough first two years, the term hot seat being thrown around and being able to propel this program to their 25th 10-win season in program history last year. You know, there's there's a little bit of a national view, I think, of maybe, hey, did you skip a year? Did you arrive a little ahead of schedule? And, 
you know, being around coach and around the players, they would just tell you, you know, we expect to be great. And much like in Oklahoma, at Florida State, this is how you want to be talked about. Uh, it's, it's one of the great brands in college athletics. Uh, when Florida State football is in this conversation, it makes college football a better product and a better conversation piece overall. So fans are fired up. You got huge games, obviously, I'm sure we're going to talk about with LSU on the third and going to Clemson September 23rd. So uh, we're going to know a lot uh, to your role right away on uh, where this Florida State football program will uh, find its place in the college football playoff narrative in the first month of the season. Very impressed when we saw Florida State firsthand in the Cheez-It Bowl last year. And, boy, you look at who's coming back, starting with Jordan Travis and big Johnny Wilson and Trey Benson and Jared Verse is a monster, and Patrick Payton, and on and on and on. I mean, this team has talent running out its ears. Give me your concern. What about this team going into the year do you think, oh, I I hope we're okay there? Well, two things, and I don't want to completely just put this on the shoulders of the, the Florida State defense here with Adam Fuller's group, but, you know, two things defensively I would like to see improve are uh, stopping the run, uh, you guys had a lot of success, two 100-yard rushers in that game, if I remember right, with with uh, some opt-outs in that game. And stopping the run and also creating more turnovers. You know, I think if you want to win a national championship or at least be in that final four, you've got to be great in the trenches and you have to, you know, you got to be a double-digit turnover margin type of team. Uh, and, and obviously taking care of the football and the offensive side is a huge piece of that as well. Um, and, and I think what has happened – through recruiting and definitely through the transfer portal, uh, Toby, is Florida State has done a fantastic job of solidifying the lines of scrimmage with talent, experience, and depth. And you go back three years ago, Florida State had, if not the youngest, one of the youngest in all of college football as far as offensive lines are concerned. Now, with the portal and guys returning, you know, Phil Steele is saying that it's the most experienced offensive line and career returning start you've ever seen in doing the magazine. So that's one. And then two, you know, you mentioned some of the pieces defensively up front. Jared Verse is a first-round grade that came back. Patrick Payton, the ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year, both along the edge. Braden Fisk is a name in the portal from Western Michigan who just looks like a guy that you don't want to, you know, rub the wrong way. That defensive tackle. And then Fabian Lovett, who didn't play in that game against Oklahoma, uh, is hopefully going to be healthy and ready to play. And he was big in the interior last year. And you feel like you have eight or nine deep along the defensive line. And so you've got depth in the trenches. It's not the uh, the sexiest talking point, but when teams have won national championships, mm-hmm. they've been able to run the football, stop the run, and get after the quarterback. And there, there's that potential on paper to start the season for this Florida State group. Game one, Sunday night, Orlando, LSU. What a game these oh, two baby. teams played against each other a year ago in New Orleans. Oh, baby. What an exciting way to start the season. Man, uh, it's going to be juiced up, huh? Goodness. Yeah. yeah, can't wait. Same stadium uh, same for state. you guys. For both. Yeah, has yeah. not happened a ton. Both teams finished the season last year at Camping World Stadium oh. in Orlando, and obviously we'll start in the same venue on September the 3rd. It hasn't happened a ton. And, you know, they say every second matters in big games, right? Well, even when there's no time left with the blocked extra point with zeros on the clock in the Superdome last year, my friend. So if we can top that, um, I'm going to have 
to make sure I have a defibrillator somewhere nearby so I don't ace it uh, out on this thing because last year was pretty close. It was pretty darn close. Uh, it's going to be a fun year uh, at Clemson a little bit later on uh, in the opening month. Close the season at Florida. Is, is Florida does, does Florida State consider Florida its biggest rival, or is it Clemson, or is it Miami? It's Florida, right? Uh, I, I would say it's Florida, with Miami being a close second. You know, okay. those are those are two big games in the state where um, I think there's a little bit of. Uh, bad blood with what I've been, what I've learned in the last year, Toby, is the Miami game. There's bad blood with the fans and more of a respect with the players. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Florida game, there's more of a bad blood with the players and a little more of, of a respectful vibe with the fans, if that makes sense. So yep. um, it is, it, those two games are big. They, they bring a lot of juice. Uh, both programs don't shy away from those talking points during the week leading up. And, uh, yeah, the Florida game every year uh, is a is a big one. You go back to the Bowden era with Bowden and Steve Spurrier. And I think there was a run of, uh, I can't remember how many years, but the winner of that game in the 90s played for a national title. So a lot of history, a lot of tradition, and uh, a lot of juice around that contest. Yeah, absolutely. Florida, Florida and Florida State are in different conferences, and they still figure out a way to play each other. Isn't that interesting, there, TJ? Jeff Colhane, voice of the Seminoles. Have a great year, buddy. We'll talk to you on down the line. It'll be always great talking to you. And TJ, you can mispronounce my last name anytime. <laughs> I'll try not to, Jeff. I'll try not See to. you, Jeff. That voice. See ya. That's you. There you go. Boy, he's in an interesting spot. Florida State. Michael Alford used to be one of Joe's right hand men. Here at OU, went to Central Michigan, became their athletic director, has just taken over at Florida State within the last couple of years, and uh, is making waves over there. It looks like they're going to stay for now. Looks like they're staying in the ACC for now, but they have definitely shown their discontentment. And we shall see where the Seminoles end up in the future. But we got them at number seven on this year's countdown. We'll be back.